Okay, and it looks like things are good at my end, so uh, let's do this. Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everyone, to your favorite Xbox-centric show on Sunday nights. This is the Xbox Roundtable, show number 225. I'm Invader, and you know what? It is great to be hanging out here with all of you on this beautiful, gorgeous, sunny Sunday. Well, I mean, at least it is here at my end. It's been a beautiful day. Also, happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful moms tuning in. Your efforts are always appreciated. But you know what? For today's show, we got to touch on a lot of news. There was a lot of stuff that happened the past week. We got some xCloud news, Xbox Live having some issues in some spots, some regions. We will dive into that. Also, Embracer Group making a pretty large purchase. And Game DLC skipping Xbox for some reason, some puzzling, puzzling reason. Well, you know what, we will dive into those things, but first, let me begin by just highlighting and introducing everybody on tonight's crew, starting off with Centurion. Buddy, how you doing? doing good man it is sunday time to talk games xbox everything in between and man it's been at least a good week for me on the gaming front was able to kind of dabble a lot more into lego star wars cannot put down that game it is my new crack for uh i guess this month um but one game i think invader that you're going to be interested in that you need to join us for is strange brigade Mm -hmm. this game in my opinion at least in my opinion, is a little bit of a sleeper. It kind of went under the radar. It really stinks that not... I think I've heard more people talk about playing Alien, Aliens Fireteam Elite than Strange Brigade. And mm-hmm. I, I understand Aliens Fireteam Elite hit a nostalgia thing for me. It was a great game. But I feel like it's empty compared to Strange Brigade. With Strange Brigade, there's a lot more to do in the mission for starters. It's not just run around and shoot stuff and find one random box. There's numerous collectibles in every mission. There's puzzles. There's thinking. There's cooperation. Um, I'm just completely surprised that this game flew under my radar, but I've been having a blast. All right. I got some time off uh, later this week. Maybe uh, we can hit it up with uh, you know, whoever you've been playing with. I mean, oh, you know who they you know who they are. But yeah, I oh, already yeah. talked to them. Yeah, definitely. They want they want you to join us. All right. I'll okay, well, I'll get in touch with you on that. That's awesome. No, I definitely want to check that game out. It uh gives me kind of like Vermintide vibes slash like I don't know, I just like those style of games. So, you know, I'm curious to check it out. Heard some good things, and I'm glad you're uh enjoying yourself there so far. Uh, but yeah, moving on down the list here, Eric Shockley, buddy. Uh, great to have you back this week, as per usual. Uh, how you been? Oh, pretty good. Uh, yeah, not much. Not anything. Trying to think of anything other than the news that we're about to go over uh, has happened. But uh, yeah, didn't. I don't think I even got to play anything this past week, unfortunately. But yep, I do got my. Uh, got tuesday off so i'm looking forward to probably get them <laughs> getting back into uh some games or getting back to finishing tunic and maybe a few other ones that i'm almost almost finished with i did finish control though so at least i uh i think i own like the ultimate edition so i think i still have a bunch of like extra mission dlc but i did finish that finally but can um, i ask shockley one question mm-hmm did Shockley, did you go back and get the the one 
the like he was like almost like the one creature you encounter in like the very beginning and it's <clears> like the like the after the credits roll you can go find him and basically finish the game did you go do it yeah i did that part because at first i was like oh i'm done and i was like oh there's just some like that it was just some end game stuff or something so i was like oh wait i feel like i'm not done no, I gotta still do the DLC, but yeah, that I thought that was cool how they snuck that one final boss fight after the credits. Oh yeah, good thing I picked up on it because I was about to uninstall. Because <laughs> I was like, yes, I can move this big uh, thing that's taking up all my space in my hard drive. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, there was it was pretty cool. The the way they told the story, I don't. I don't know if I, I just kept, I kept taking breaks on that. Like I enjoyed the gameplay, but um, but it's good they added some more content because I did not come close to like fully unlocking some of the abilities. I hate when kind of when games do that when it's like you don't get even close to unlocking most of your <laughs> or like getting deep into your abilities before you like finish the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but otherwise, it's, it's pretty good overall. I'm definitely excited for when they bring Alan Wake back, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to uh, diving into. I mean, it's probably not coming for a little while, but Alan Wake's up there with one of my favorite games. Like, I <laughs> I got all the achievements, all the DLC achievements. I Yes, I found all those coffee thermoses and pages and whatnot. I was that dedicated. Uh, probably because I was that bored, too. But uh, awesome game, anyways. I really enjoyed Alan Wake. Uh, moving on down here, Crusader Pal. Hey, uh, how you been? I've been pretty good. Uh, was playing a bit of Guardian games this week. It launched in Destiny 2. It's like kind of like the Olympics, but instead of like the different countries, it's the different classes of the Guardians um, fighting against each other. Go Warlocks. Um, and otherwise, I've been playing on my PS3 a whole lot this weekend. Um, I beat Ratchet and Clank Tools of Destruction today, and I started um, Ratchet and Clank Quest for Booty, which is the second of the four Ratchet and Clank Future series for the PS3. Um, I-, I love, love them so much. Tools of Destruction is my favorite um, PlayStation exclusive that's ever released. So um, I'm having a blast, and I've been adding to my PS3 collection because I don't trust Sony to ever do anything with those outside of maybe make some of them stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? You gotta like some of those classics or just ones that are just very tempting to pick up because they're cheap, right? Or, yep. you know, or just you're just a collector. I know I've been going through a, a collector's phase over the past few months. People have seen me posting a lot of OG and Xbox 360 games, just either ones that I made the mistake of selling in the first place and I want it back, or just other titles that I was just curious about and wanted to have in my collection. So, totally get it. But, uh, yeah, just so you know, guys, uh, Tim Dog and MLD, they may or may not be joining us tonight. They're Obviously, it's Mother's Day, and uh, they're doing some family things, so they may be around uh, later on. But uh, otherwise, you're stuck with us. I know. But we're, we're a wonderful bunch of fellas, aren't we? Um, and, guys, you know what? Let everybody know that we are live now. Share this out. Like the video. Let everybody know that, uh, you know what? We're about to talk about, like, the hottest news that went down over the past week with Xbox and just gaming in general. Because there was quite a few things. But, uh, you know what? Why, uh, why don't we get straight into things? Because there is a lot to talk about. 
And, well, you know what? We're going to, like, sort of combine a few things. I mean, they're kind of intertwined in some ways. Uh, Xbox Live and xCloud. And over the past day or so, some Xbox users have had issues with having access to their games with prompts coming up saying that the user needs to be online when there's no internet issue whatsoever. Just, again, there seems to be some kind of DRM thing going on. Um, It's kind of weird. But uh, Crusader Bud, I know that you have been very... Oh, how do you say, I guess the word's passionate about this on social media. I've seen you posting a lot. Why don't you uh, start us off here with your thoughts on this, this whole, like, I don't know, people are calling it an outage. Like, what, what's your take here? Yeah, so to, to cover it so for people who don't know, um, Xbox Live had some issues that started on Friday and have even gone for some users into today. I think for the most part, it's been cleaned up for the vast majority of people, but I, d- I have seen some reports of it still going on today. And it's not that Xbox Live is necessarily down, but it's that a bunch of the different portions of the Xbox services are. So authentication for things like Game Pass or the DRM associated with all of your your games, the digital rights management that makes that that basically a license that says that you own this, has been failing to authenticate, and users haven't been able to launch their games in all regions. Some people haven't been affected at all. Some people literally haven't been able to play for days. And um, to say I was very disappointed in Microsoft is an understatement. Microsoft's selling an always digital console. You cannot have an issue where people cannot play their games. And I, I believe, like, you can set your console to a home console, and that lets you play offline. But what happened this weekend was because you tried to reach out to a server and authenticate, and it came back in an error state, you were able to reach that server. Your console was able to see that you were connecting to an Xbox Live, but because it couldn't pull back the authentication information, it was essentially uh, unable to say that you owned your content. And you could even go out to the store and purchase things in a lot of cases. And it comes back and you can't play it and you just purchased it. Um, and th- this is this is really bad. You cannot have this. Um, Xbox's DRM typically for when you have it set to a home console, uh, you have 30 days to play the game offline. And if your console doesn't check back in in 30 days, you can no longer access that content. And this is a massive problem in, in general. And people like uh, Modern Vintage Gaming, um, MVG, if uh, anyone's heard of him, they've been talking about this for a while. Uh, Mr. Maddie Plays has been talking about this for a while. And people are really seeing what happens when DRM things go wrong this weekend. And there's about a bunch of people who this didn't happen to. And if this didn't happen to you, I'm very happy. For me, it only affected me for a few hours. But you should know that just because this didn't affect you does not mean this is not a problem. Um, everyone should be calling on Microsoft, the almost $3 trillion company, to get their shit together here, right? The, um, th- this can happen on other systems with specific games, but on Xbox it happens with every game. Like, 95% of the games. I don't know that there is a game on Xbox that's DRM-free. There could be, so I don't want to say 100%. Um, But this is a problem that needs solved sooner rather than later. 
in my opinion, this should be on like the S tier of priorities from Microsoft, right? Like this is this is a big, big deal. And this is a news story that's not going to go away for them. Because if it happens again, it's only going to get louder. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, like you said, I mean, okay, this is happening to Xbox uh, users right now, but again, it's you know, it happens all across the industry, right? I mean, we can't just point fingers at Microsoft when something like this happens. We see things with PlayStation and their network and different things. Um, the know. difference is the scale of DRM here. Uh, um, the Microsoft does have the worst DRM. They're known for it in everything it's not just games either the, the movies the mm -hmm. back in the day when it was the music with groove music if anyone remembers that um it, it, they're drm obsessive and it, it needs to change mm -hmm. yeah i don't know how it's i don't know it's how it's different now i could see how it's um their system going down because i i don't know the last time psn like had an issue where their service went down where you couldn't authenticate so because on PS5 still has a thing where you have to restore licenses. Like, if it's been too long, you um, also have to. Not for all games. That's up to the developer to choose on PlayStation. How the DRM I mean, is done. I um, mean, probably with some of the biggest games. Like, yes, I, when I was, even when I was game sharing right. and connected to the internet, my PS4, annoyingly, would... I'm like, I'm connected to the internet, and even though I'm game sharing. But it keeps... Like, every, like, 30 minutes, it kept asking me... Yep. Restore license. Restore. I'm like, I, I just restored the license. Why do you keep asking me to restore the license? It was, it was just kind of annoying because it'd be this pop-up every 30 minutes. And I'm like, I don't get this on anything else. Why is this an issue when I'm connected to the internet? But, it, it's the I mean, scale but... of it um, that, that's different. And again, game sharing is always going to have licensing things because you're sharing a license to someone who does not own the license. Um, and so game sharing people were probably the people who were hit the most with this on the Xbox. I, I believe that's true. Correct me if I'm wrong. Seems to be that way. I, I, I don't game share and I was hit. So I know that it wasn't only game sharing people, but for the most part, I've heard that those were the people the most impacted. Um, and that makes sense because those are when you have to authenticate your license the most. Um, uh, people who aren't game sharing are the ones that have to authenticate the least so uh i'm, I'm not shocked that they're the that the subset of people who are affected and weren't um it, it's just you, you you can't have this and you should expect better even if it's happening other places we should expect better from a company that's selling a digital only console yeah i, I think some people are asking like hey it, uh they have to change it. i'm like i don't think there's anything they're gonna change if we still want game sharing to be a thing the thing that they need to improve is not let this have a fail safe either have a way to authenticate separately um just like at least for just game licenses if this goes down because the same thing if if psn goes down tomorrow and i was game sharing i ain't playing nothing on my ps5 you are not are going to be you are and, and i just tested it today if you disable and make it not your primary PS5, and if you go immediately offline, you cannot launch that game. So it's like all those people game sharing. If PSN also had these issues and went down, you're not. You're. They're going to be like, oh my god, DRM. <laughs> you're going to be having in the same world of hurt as a lot of people are right now with Xbox. So they do need to find a way to like authenticate. Like we're in 2022, so you should be able to 
Microsoft owns Authenticator, you know, the main Authenticator app most people use. Like, let's authenticate that way or something. Like, <laughs> some third-party way if your Xbox Live is down or something like that. I mean, that's the only way I can think of it other than them just getting rid of DRM like GOG. <laughs> so, uh, outside of that, I don't, unless they're going to change policies and, like, limit game sharing. Because I'm pretty sure publishers aren't going to be down for you know, hey, we're going to not do check-ins and let you game share. They're probably not going to let us do both. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Now, Centurion, uh, just before the show started, you were uh, telling me about some issues you were having. Uh, you want to chime in on that? Well, I had the same issues as everyone else. Like, uh, The funny part is for me, though, I own the home Xbox and the Xbox that is shared because... The home Xbox is my wife's. Now, the whole funny part is, what did like? What's the first reaction when your home, when your shared Xbox goes down? Oh, I'm just gonna switch over to my home Xbox. Oh wait, light bulb! I haven't turned it on in three months. Not a single one of those games is authenticated in 30 days because the timer ran out on them. So when that Xbox goes to authenticate any game on there, yeah, guess what? Yeah, it's gonna do the exact same thing, even though it is my home Xbox. Um, I, if you want to know one thing I can handle when Xbox live goes down and games can't authenticate, you know, my whole life doesn't revolve around gaming, but what really shocks the hell out of me is that when the Xbox live goes down and it can't authenticate and it can't do anything, you can't even put a movie in it. Because apparently the app has to be connected to the internet for you to watch a a movie even though the drive is in there the app needs to have an internet connection for it to watch a movie so for the first time in my life i'm actually probably going to go out and buy a physical 4k blu-ray player and have it here in my house just for times when my game consoles won't play the discs because they don't have the internet that completely blew my mind um but the same thing happens on playstation this is why i'm not up in arms over it um, just recently, um, the internet went out in my apartment complex, and I had the disc to death loop in my PS5, but I could not play it because I did not have an internet connection. Uh, couldn't authenticate. Um, a, I wasn't even able to play. Um, I what did I have to do? Um, I had to actually physically offline the PS5, and then I put a disc in for Spider-Man Miles Morales, and then I was able to play um, like Spider-Man Miles Morales with the game offline. So, it, I mean, like there was a workaround on the PlayStation, but you had to kind of know the workaround to do it. This is why I'm shocked that game consoles haven't figured this out but i like how shockley was talking about you know a third-party way you don't even really need a third-party way um <clears throat> excuse me there's a device that we all have that is constantly connected to the internet microsoft actually already utilizes these devices to help you set these consoles up faster if you have their apps already installed on your cell phone and when you set up these game consoles you actually can go in and send a code to the game console and it can actually pull your Microsoft account and all this other stuff and set it up 
with all your preset profiles and everything all through this code. Now, imagine using this system in a, in a, sta uh, um, in a situation where Xbox Live is down. And obviously, Microsoft knows Xbox Live is down, so this system can be turned on when Xbox Live is down, or it can be in the background running for those instances that they're unaware of it. But when you go to authenticate a game, if it can't talk to the server, why not all of a sudden, you know, get out the app and say, hey, I need to authenticate a game. And then you go into your app and you select what game you need to authenticate. And it sits, sits out a six digit or an eight digit code, however digits you want. And you put it into the game console. And it's like to be basically it unlocks the game with a user agreement. Um, and it's only able to done in a small capacity. You won't be able to do it for like your entire library, but it gives you chance to access a few games while Xbox Live is down. I'm pretty sure they could have a workaround. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I mean, it sucks that when, again, we're put into these positions where, you know, we just, you know, we, we it just happens to be our free time and the games that we want to play or whatever we want to get to is just kind of locked behind some kind of wall. And it's like, well, there shouldn't be a reason for this. You know, I paid for this. I bought the game, whether it be digitally, whatnot. And it's it's not working, and we need that authentic authentication that again Crusader and Centurion were talking about, and it kind of sucks. And uh, some people in the chat are saying that uh, they complained to games yesterday as well. I mean, I think a lot of it's been resolved now, but I still have seen a, a few issues uh, popping up on social media. I mean, yeah, it sucks. It sucks, and uh, I really hope that that gets resolved because. This kind of DRM, you know, it is an issue, and I agree with what uh, Crusader was getting at because, you know, these companies are multi-billion, uh, in some cases trillion-dollar companies. They own so much tech. They should have some more workarounds than what we already have. You know, it should be a little, again, easier to access our content because we we pay for this stuff, right? So it it should be it should be more accessible and. You know, maybe maybe they could do a little more on on uh, their end, to say the least. But uh, you know, that wasn't the only thing that popped up this week as far as uh, you know Xbox Live and whatnot. There was also XCloud news, and uh, you know we'll pivot to this. Uh, this past week we had some interesting XCloud news. Microsoft announced that it has teamed up with Epic Games to make Fortnite the first free-to-play game on the XCloud. Uh, xbox cloud gaming with its well with it now being supported on ios android and windows pc which is yeah i mean that's that's pretty darn good considering now crusader generally you know this is a very positive thing especially considering the whole apple and epic feud uh do you think we'll see more free-to-play games flocking onto xcloud gaming soon so, from what I understand, this service wasn't actually even supposed to launch yet. Um, they, Microsoft helped Epic get it done fast. Like, like Microsoft came in and they, they were having the solution. And I believe they were originally going to launch it with Halo. Like, like they were going to launch Halo as the first one. Because it's weird, right? You would think that Halo would be one of the first ones. It's Microsoft's go-to free-to-play game, right? Um, and you would think that they would want that in the hands of as many people as possible. But from what I understand, this was kind of a, a little bit of a slight that uh, for both Microsoft and Epic towards Apple, 
because this gets Epic back on iPhones. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Epic and Apple are like at war essentially over Apple's App Store, and Microsoft is not on Apple's side. That's for sure. Um, because Microsoft was not allowed to have a native xCloud app for similar um, App Store reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, from what I've heard, Fortnite has come first specifically because that they they want to kind of show people that maybe Apple's rules are dumb. Um, and what better way to test this overall system than with the biggest free-to-play game on the market? Uh, at least in the Western market. I, there, there might be a bigger one in uh, China or Japan. It's, I, it's I, I pretty massive, it. though. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the biggest game that people who are watching this show are going to gonna know, right? And this is absolutely huge for the future of xCloud because in order to do this, you have to have an Xbox account. You don't have to have any services. You don't have to pay for anything. You have to have a Microsoft account, though. And you log in through the same site that you would log into if you were using regular Game Pass. And when people start playing this, you know, it, it's not going to be as good as playing it native. It, it never will be. Um, that That's just how the limitations of streaming are. Because you're never going to be able to have zero latency. You can get latency to a minimum, but you're, you're always going to have a distance between you and that data center. That's mm-hmm. going to cause some latency. Uh, unless we move to quantum computing, but that's like a decade away, at least. Um, and um, so with uh, with Fortnite coming onto this, you have one of the most popular games. People are going to be logging in with your Microsoft account. They're going to be going to the Axe Cloud site. They're going to see how this works. Then they're going to go, hey, wait, I could play Doom Eternal this way on my cell phone? Hey, wait, I can play... Elder Scrolls V Skyrim on my cell phone, you know, and it's kind of a symbiotic relationship, right? The The more free-to-play games that come to the service, because I guarantee more free-to-play games not will not only come to the service, are going to be desperate to come to the service. Mm-hmm. So it's a symbiotic relationship. You're going to have more free-to-play games coming, and those free-to-play games are going to feed into more Game Pass subs that are going to feed into more free-to-play games coming because it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, why would free-to-play games want to do this instead of having a native app? Well, like I said, the native app will be better, but for every different platform you want your free-to-play game to be on, you have to develop a ported code base to it. Now, not all of them might be too difficult versus another one but that that creates a lot of development overhead right because now i have to maintain an ios version i have to maintain an android version i have to maintain a mac version i have to maintain a linux version i have to maintain a windows version an xbox version a playstation version a switch version right well when you're putting it on xcloud the only thing you have to support is an xbox version right Mm -hmm. and you can be on any platform that can have a Chromium-based web browser. So that's uh, the two big ones. The two important ones are Google Chrome and Microsoft Edge, right? And that's basically almost any, like, real computing device, right? You you can put that on a Chromebook. You can put it on the Steam Deck. Uh, My friend has Edge on the Steam Deck. I was playing a little bit of Doom Eternal on his Steam Deck yesterday, right? Oh, yeah. 
um, you can do it on a Mac computer. You can do it on a Linux computer. You can do it on your own computer. You could do it on a little tiny $100 Chromebook, right? So the amount of devices you can get access to as a free-to-play game by supporting xCloud is absolutely monstrous, right? So you better believe that free-to-play games are going to want to flock to this, especially since Microsoft is not requiring the subscription for it. Your game is still truly free-to-play. Um, and I think that's... I, I, I can't believe that Microsoft is doing this, but when you look at what, like, what the potential of it is, it's, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... Well, it's interesting that they're leading off here with Fortnite. I mean, it is, you know, I thought they would have taken one of their first party titles, but, you know, obviously like Halo Infinite's multiplayer, obviously since it's free to play. But, I mean, you have, again, uh, like the biggest game, not just multiplayer game, but yeah, biggest free to play title pretty much in the world right now. Well, the past few years, to say at least Fortnite uh, making its way, uh, you know, it's kind of like one of those things, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of a deal. I mean, you know, Epic and Microsoft, are, they've, they've been pretty good over the years. I, there might have been uh, one or two things, if I'm not mistaken, that they weren't too chummy on. But overall, they get along pretty well. Apple's just been a major dick <laughs> yeah. um, over, well, yeah, just they're very protective. I don't even know if that's the word of their store. Um, they're just, I don't know. It's very weird <laughs> when it comes. Yeah. It'll cut into their profits, and that's what they're afraid of. But Microsoft has now come up with a solution that says, "Hey, it's going to play through a web browser." And if you block, and if they try to block this through the web browser on iOS, um, that will be an antitrust case. Well, I was Guaranteed. about to say this is like anti-competition. That will be an, an anti-competition, antitrust case, and it won't be. Epic. I mean, Epic's a, a multi-billion-dollar company. They're worth like probably like forty billion dollars. Last <laughs> I checked, like yeah. they're they're a massively valued company because they have the biggest engine that's used across the industry. They have multiple free-to-play, very popular games with a uh, Rocket League and Fortnite. They're two of the big ones, and they own Fall Guys now, which is wild. Oh yeah, like, I forgot about that. You you look at the service games that they own, and you're like, kind of like, wow. Um. But, it, it, you know, Epic's a billion-dollar company, whereas Apple's a trillion-dollar company. But if they were to try and block xCloud's access through the web browser, they'd be facing an antitrust case not from a billion-dollar company, but from an almost three-trillion-dollar company. Um, and that would be a very, very, very interesting court case to watch. Because, I mean, the Apple versus Epic one was already interesting to watch, if anyone watched coverage of it. Um but and I don't think Apple has the the um the balls to do it because I, I don't I, I think they know they'll lose if they if they try to block a website. Does that make sense? Like mm. it, it it won't end well. Well, it just doesn't. Well, it hasn't looked very good from the beginning, to be honest. No. So it would just make things worse. Yeah, a lot worse. Um. How about you, Censure, and, like, uh, you got any thoughts on this? I mean, it is pretty cool. I mean, again, I'm not a big Fortnite player, but to have, like, this massive free-to-play game uh, being put on, again, xCloud, uh, Cloud Gaming, 
you know, that is a pretty important step. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I'm cautious. Um, I enjoy mm -hmm. that Xbox is definitely wanting to put Xbox everywhere. They're wanting to push the envelope when it comes to delivering the Xbox ecosystem to the consumer and where they can play. I have taken advantage of this. Uh, I even have um, a Kishi. I take that thing with me. I do play on xCloud when I'm in situations where I can't take my console with me and I'm going to be stuck somewhere overnight. Um, but definitely I don't want, um, I just don't want hardware. I don't want it to take the place of hardware in the end. I'm a big fan of hardware. Um, I really do champion them for obviously breaking down the barrier between, um, the consumer and hardware. Like some consumers just can't afford some of the hardware out there. And this gives another Avenue for them to be part of the Xbox ecosystem. Uh, I'm excited for what this could mean for us in the long run, especially as the technology improves. Uh, but definitely, uh, it's still early to say on how the, on how I truly feel about gaming uh, embracing this side of it. I don't I don't use it very heavily. Like I said, it's great that it's there, but I don't know how I would feel if all of a sudden this became the absolute mainstream. Mm -hmm. No, and that's a fair point, honestly. Um, like, cloud tech still has a ways to go. We're still not there yet, I would say. Um, I mean, I've dabbled in it a little bit. Maybe, Crusader, you've had more experience with it. Um, I think I'll always just prefer, like, again, the traditional way to play games. But, you know, as time moves on, I think, you know, we'll be playing it more and more as time goes on honestly i don't so the way microsoft has it set up it literally at this point can't replace hardware because it's using the same hardware right mm -hmm. like it's not like x cloud is like running on like dedicated azure blades it's running on a series x that was modified to sit in a uh um that's the one thing that gives me hope on at least microsoft side is they have at least found a reason to keep manufacturing the hardware to basically to to make it go hand in hand with its existence well yeah and i think they from all of the messaging they've given us i think they get that um like uh it's going to be just another avenue like at least at this time right um and i see it slotting in very nicely into the the common avenues right like because pcs and consoles never eradicated each other in gaming uh mobile has been around for forever and didn't touch anything it just slotted in nicely in its own little niche um handheld gaming the the switch is going unbelievably strong and i think cloud gaming is just going to kind of slot in with all of this and like microsoft's big thing is like no matter if you're playing on your console, your PC, or in the cloud, your saves go with you. So I, I think at this time that they are very much in a position where they're like, yes, we're just going to offer as many avenues as we can to touch as many customers as we can in as many play styles as we can. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, Eric, I don't know if you want to chime in on this one, pal. Like, What's your thoughts on, again, Fortnite... Uh being the first 
free-to-play uh, gaming experience coming to the Xbox Cloud Gaming Service? Like, also, like, what games do you think that we'll see next hopping on? I mean, is this going to be a, a huge bridge now that, again, the the big elephant in the room, the big uh, free-to-play title Fortnite's joining, everyone's going to start joining now? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's definitely good that they're finding, like, ways to kind of get around since Apple's, like, not wanting to play ball. <laughs> um, that's why I'd, I'm back with Apple right now, but uh, that's why I'd switch for, like, that year or two um, when they were, like, until there was, like, a way, actual way to go back to xCloud, which there is now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's good to see that they're just incorporating more whether it's like free to play games that you don't obviously don't need a subscription uh, subscription for, but just to you know launch XCloud and um, hopefully there'll be some other free aspects of it because I knew the whole thing of it you had to have at least before you had to have a uh, Game Pass Ultimate to access uh, XCloud, but I guess since this one's like a free to play game, this is like kind of taking the motto that they have now with like free to play Halo. Like, you know, you don't need Xbox Live to play free-to-play games. So, um, but, you know, it's cool that they're just incorporating more into their service. I guess this definitely helped to kind of skirt around Apple even more with Epic because then people can spend money over there with Epic through Xbox Live <laughs> versus the App Store. But so maybe a better deal or a better cut, so. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's good, good for competition in that sense, kind of like how you had the Epic Game Store. I know a lot of people um, kind of like shitted on it, but, you know, it was still good for competition against, uh, you know, versus Steam. So, Does anyone know, do we get a discount on the, if you're a Game Pass member, do you get the 10% discount on uh, Fortnite stuff? Hmm. Has anyone checked? I'll be honest, I'm not aware. I mean, if somebody like, you know how you know mm -hmm. how we get ten percent off of like all DLC. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. You know, what? I'm gonna log in and check and see if uh that is a thing because that would be also pretty pretty wild. You know. <laughs> right. I mean, if anybody in the chat knows the answer to that, please let us know. Uh, again, like I'm not I'm not really up on all the Fortnite stuff, so uh, please don't uh, you know uh, run me out in the comments, please. But uh, Oh, either way, I mean, it is pretty cool that uh, they have this initiative. And you know what else, guys, too? There's some other, like, information dropping out, too. Not just about Fortnite stuff, but there's some reports coming out. Uh, one that Microsoft plans to release an xCloud game streaming device. Maybe something similar to a Fire Stick and the like. I mean, that would be pretty cool. Uh, I think, actually, we had reported on this maybe a year and a half, two years ago, uh... Xbox was talking about uh, doing some stuff with Samsung, if I'm not mistaken. I know, uh, like, there wasn't too much news about it, but I, I did see and I did find it interesting that they were, you know, getting kind of chummy with Samsung and even LG, too. There was some stuff with LG. I mean, like, Centurion, what do you think? I mean, we've talked about some of this stuff before. Do you think that Xbox, uh, I'm not even sure if actually Phil's talked about it, uh, Phil Spencer, like, do you think that they'll uh, release, like, their own standalone little, uh, I think it's called a puck or, like, a little, like, device to stick into your TV, something like that, a little dongle? 
for uh, cloud game streaming? If you want my opinion, I do not see it being a stick. And that is just because of what I've seen done with Roku devices and other devices like that to have true. So I've overheated a Roku streaming device. Like I I have literally gotten a message across my screen, my screen that says like Roku overheating. I'm shutting down. Come back in a few minutes, please. Um, when you're, I really do see this as being something that is going to obviously plug into the wall. Uh, the TV is not going to power it. It is going to have its own, uh, power supply, AC adapter, uh, to cool whatever components are on the inside, just because, um, I'm thinking that this is going to be a heavy load for streaming, but I really do think it'd be a really awesome device something that i could put in a backpack take with me like when i go visit my uh my wife's mother uh we go stay in the hotel up there and the first thing i do is i hook up my roku device in the back so that way i can bring my television with me and all the shows i like to watch and all the other services i use and it would be nice to have i'm gonna be up front i'm not a big fan of roku's interface it works for me but if Microsoft was to come out with uh, any kind of a system like that, I'm already familiar with how they like to do their interfaces, and I think it'd be great. All right. Uh, Eric, do you have any thoughts on this? I mean, again, we have talked about Xbox possibly making their own streaming stick in the past. Uh, do you think that, again, with more news slowly rolling out about some of their, I guess, Xbox everywhere kind of initiatives, do you think that uh, we'll be seeing... You know, these reports are saying something about maybe a streaming device in, like, the next 12 months. Uh, do you think that's likely? Um, yeah, I would think so, but, like, the, the way they're going about with uh, xCloud. Um, I mean, I would have thought it would have probably came by now, but I guess they're still kind of just getting everything ready for infrastructure. Um, but we've heard talks about with uh, Samsung just having everything built in. So I'd imagine this is coming pretty soon for that, you know, casual market that especially with the hard with the chip shortage, that's kind of their also their way of getting around. Yeah, maybe because like right now we've heard like uh, shortages from like the PF uh, P or Sony side with the PS5 um, and just in the X Xbox Series X. So they've been able to produce a lot more one S's. So it's a way to. Um, you know, get more Xboxes and get their infrastructure into people's hands. Um, now, obviously, this isn't going to add to, like, the console total that, you know, people like to, like, you know, uh, or, you know, talk about on Twitter of, like, who sold what. But mm -hmm. um, it does allow people to get into their infrastructure even easier, um, which it just means more money from them since they really don't typically make any profit on the hardware box anyway. <laughs> Um, so if they can just get more people locked into Game Pass through that streaming stick, um, then that then that's a big plus for them. Because even if someone, you know, if a big part of the market has a PS5, if they just you know buy that streaming stick or have some way of uh, playing it or playing their uh, Xbox games that way, they might be able to get people, you know, locked in, like with that infrastructure. Especially when you like, I know myself using the Microsoft reward points where I'm like achievements are literally getting, giving me credit or giving me like money basically to spend back into the store. Um, and it adds up pretty quick. 
um, where, you know, like I myself just bought Sonic Mania on their, you know, full price, uh, all with my Xbox rewards. So um, I, you don't get anything close to that on PlayStation. I think they, they used to have some type of point system. And now I think you only get a points if you have their credit card. <laughs> um, but so, I mean, this is just a plus things like that, you know, kind of incentivized to like keep you locked in. Uh, with their infrastructure and now game pass where okay what's new this you know this month so it kind of keeps you engaged so this is probably just another great way to kind of like keep that going but especially with the chip shortages who knows how long that's going to end where you're actually going to see like ps5 or xbox series x on the store shelves hopefully in the next two years <laughs> but it feels like that's under you know Probably not, you know, that's just hopeful thinking, probably. We, we we thought that by now it would have, you know, we'd be able to walk in and get one, surely. But. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, no, you're right, and the chip shortages only seem to be getting, well, I mean, the, as the time goes by, it seems to be getting a little worse um, <laughs> with no end in sight, unfortunately, no relief. But, I mean, there are workarounds and there are other reports of Xbox working closely with Samsung to work on an app for their devices. Again, we reported on that before as well, that they had inked a, a partnership, like, again, a year and a half ago. So, again, if not the, like, a, a stick kind of a device to stick into your TV or whatever it may be, it would be an app, which makes a lot of sense. So especially in certain markets may you know uh, whether it be north america europe especially i would imagine uh, asian markets as well um it, it, a lot of this stuff does make sense and they are being it's going to be interesting to see in the next 12 months how aggressive they are uh, with xcloud initiatives but uh, i mean either way guys it is uh, it is encouraging that again they are working on different facets of Xbox Gaming, xCloud, and I look forward to, to seeing this tech as it evolves going again in the next couple of years. Uh, but obviously it won't replace the hardware experience and so on, whether it be PC, console, and so on. It's just a nice companion, I guess you would say, a nice addition. And I just, again, I hope that technology gets better and better as time goes on. Just, again, lots of different stuff that I think is cool and is look that we have to look forward to. But, uh, you know what? Why uh, don't we move over to our next topic? And it's some rather large news. Actually, I mean, we could have started off the show with this news, but uh, it's probably good to start off with, like, all the Xbox, like, specific stuff first. But this past Monday, Embracer Group announced out of nowhere that they agreed to buy Studios Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal from publisher, well, Square Enix, along with a back catalog of IP, which includes, well, Tomb Raider, uh, for starters, <laughs> all for the price of $300 million. Wow, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a lot of money, but, I mean, I would say that uh, they got a nice deal there. I mean, that's amazing. Obviously, there's a lot to extract from this, but, you know, I'll go to the panel. I want to get everybody's thoughts. Uh, Centurion Pal, I'll hit up you first on this one. 
And, you know, I got to admit, there's some nice studios here, some really good IP, some classic IP that everybody would love to see that rebooted or other sequels. Like, what are your thoughts on this purchase by Embracer? Because I know everybody was like, oh, Xbox should go after Crystal Dynamics. They're working closely with uh, the initiative right now on Perfect Dark. I mean, there's a lot to gauge in here, but what are your thoughts on all this? Well, <clears throat> first thought off top of my head, Embrace Group, if you're listening, please reach down very deep and blow the dust off the Legacy of Kane franchise, please. <laughs> awesome set of games. Anyways, so um, uh, it, it sucks that Microsoft, I guess, could you could say miss out, you know, would this would fit Microsoft's um, direction? Of course, even Microsoft is probably like, damn, that, that kind of stinks. But, you know, look at what they're invested in with Activision, which is a much bigger deal, a much bigger slice of the pie, a lot more money, and they don't really want to screw that up. So, yeah, they're going to miss out on deals like this. Um, <clears throat> and that's where we'll probably get into the other half of the, the question. But let's at least start with this one. You know, this was just for the Western division. There was a lot of great title titles in there for that 300 million. Um, I'm really excited to see what Embracer Group might potentially do. You know, let's look at what they've done for um, a franchise that was really not on my radar back in the day, but got put on my radar now. And that was with, um, what is it? A t uh, kill all humans, destroy all humans. Yeah, they did the remake uh, because yeah. they own, uh, what was it, THQ, THQ Nordic? Nordic. Yeah. Yep, they own THQ Nordic. So we have already been enjoying what Embracer does for gaming. They're one of those silent, you know, investors, silent operators of gaming. Uh, they make really good games. They, they do publish their own games, but they're not really making a whole lot of waves. And because of this, this has actually allowed them to grow bigger than Microsoft. Essentially they own like an unfathomable amount of, of talent, uh, developers, publishers. What were you going to say? I'm pretty sure somebody has a number. Oh no, I was just going to say, oh. they, it's like something like, it's crazy. Don't they want like uh, over a hundred studios? It's 72 studios. They want to have a hundred by the end of the year. Um, or it's 70 something. I, last I, I thought it was 72. It might be a little more um, than that. Uh, they have 14,000 developers, which was actually a little bit less than what Activision, Blizzard, King, Bethesda, and Xbox Game Studios will be combined. That's going to be like 17, I think, which also makes them smaller than Ubisoft, which is 20,000. But because the, their big thing is they they're not focused on AAA. They have a lot of AAA. I think they have thirty AAA uh, titles in development. Um, but their biggest uh, source of of stuff is uh, AA and indie. They they have a lot of uh, very small to mid sized developers. That's correct. Um, I mean, they just bought a slew of small developers just a few months ago, such as 3D uh, 3D Realms, which obviously they have a pretty great history with Duke Nukem. Uh, they bought Ghost Ship Games, which, I mean, Centurion, we love their game. It's uh, Deep Rock Galactic, for example. I mean, they, they got some nice IP. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I feel that the Square Enix purchase is actually probably the biggest developer that I could think of off the top of my head that they have purchased at least recently. 
Um, and now what's interesting about this is Embracer was that was that guy that didn't really make waves. Well, this was a big wave. They are now on the radar. Um, other companies know that they're looking for acquisitions. Uh, gaming is in such a state of flux right now that it, it's honestly amazing. It's absolutely a great time to be a gamer. You're seeing a lot of the gaming industry shift movement uh, change hands. It's going to be really interesting to see where the cards lie at the end of all this in about five, 10 years. It's going to be great to see what we'll get out of new IP or existing IP and just having some new shine put on it with developers that are very creative and imaginative. Um, it's going to be a very great time to uh, really take part in gaming what the future has to offer. Um, I know we talked about Microsoft missing out. Now, I love how everybody's all of a sudden circling, talking about, you know, Sony, uh, Sony wanting to pick up Square, the other part of Square Enix that remains to be purchased. But with recent events, I'm kind of wondering if Sony's even going to be able to do that. Was Sony getting ready to do this? Was Square Enix uh, consolidating, trimming the fat, making it to where it was more affordable for, for Sony? And then out of nowhere, the FTC did the exact same thing to uh, Microsoft. And uh, I mean, it was going to happen just for the money. But I mean, now that PlayStation is pretty much in the same category as Xbox, I'm pretty sure at this point, PlayStation has to cool its jets. And I'm curious now on what's going to happen to the other half of Square Enix. So what I'll say to you about that, Centurion, is... Um... Because Square Enix and Sony are both Japanese companies, the only thing that the FTC could really do in this kind of deal to block it is to make them give up their holdings in the United States, which they just did. So... Yeah, fair enough. No, it, that's, that's a valid it's, point. It's... Now... It's hard to say. They may still make them make concessions on sales in the United States and stuff like that, but they don't have a lot of power to stop this kind of deal. Like, if if they were going to try to acquire... Heck, the FTC doesn't have that much power at all. Um, no, but... but would they want to do anything that could potentially cause them to want them to unravel the Bungie agreement? Um, I don't know. I feel like Square Enix would be more important than that, to be honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a tough one. That, that's a that's a really tough one. I, I just don't think Square that... Square Enix has been there to cover your butt in the past, but yeah. Bungie represents your future for games as a service. It, it, it's true. That's it, very, very true. Um, that's really hard to say. Because um, you, you wouldn't want to let Square Enix get away, you know? So that that's that's really tough because Square Enix makes a lot of some of their most popular exclusives on the system. I would say timed exclusives, but they haven't come to Xbox yet. So you know, who yeah. knows what's going on with Final Fantasy? Um, <laughs> like they're listed as uh, no uh, other Zinc. Uh, Sony's headquarters is not in California. PlayStation's headquarters is in California. Sony's headquarters is in Japan. Um. I made that mistake myself too once upon a time, uh, and I, I was corrected. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Um, 
this is uh th this was really does anyone know where under embracer group these are falling are is this going to be a new division under embracer group am i going to have a 10th publisher to keep track it, of under it, embracer group? it might be it, well actually you know what that's um, a great question or they could just be their own separate like, filing of studio like it, it's interesting are how we going to see gonna idos published. return like the idos publishing group that's interesting before, yeah or square bought them uh because like the I, I mean, they've made two other really big acquisitions in the last, like, 15 months. Because they bought Gearbox. That was wild. Yeah. Sab um, or, didn't they buy Saber Interactive as well? That that was a long time ago, but yeah. The, no, the, I, they have to Saber say, I completely forgot about Gearbox. Yeah. Uh, and the, the other thing they bought, which is a big deal for gaming, but it's not a studio. They bought Dark Horse. Yes, yes. Oh, dude, that's right. Dark Horse Comics. So I'm wondering, yes. does that mean they own the Spawn IP, or did that yes. finally? Oh, because I was going to say own Spawn Hellboy was under Dark as well. Okay, so that that actually opens up, that opens some interesting avenues yes. when it comes to licensing and publishing games. I now, don't think should... a lot of people realize how big Embracer is going to be in the coming years. Yes, I I Embracer is going to be what we think of. See, the the weird thing about Embracer Group is, is they keep the the identities of each of their acquisitions for the most part so like we when when you hear stuff at showcases you don't hear embracer group being mentioned as a partner in the showcase you hear thq nordic or you hear saber interactive or coke media or um uh gearbox right like mm -hmm. you know embracer group you're not gonna you're not gonna hear news about embracer group unless it's a purchase um you'll, you'll hear it about the subsidiaries and that's kind of like th their trojan horse into your brain right like it, it, no one really even thinks of them as this giant you know they, they've been a giant for two years and they i think they said their their ultimate plan is to have 150 in-house studios as um and then like dark horse can use any of these ips as um uh um you know they, they can use any of these ips for like the comics vice versa any of the comic ips can be used for um stuff i have a feeling that they will try and buy a small film studio too they might i, I wouldn't be shocked if we heard have you heard of nordic film yeah nordic film owns avalanche studio group which is avalanche studios and um a couple other studios it's the avalanche studios that's making contraband um there they also uh made uh the hunter call of the wild or whatever it's called that hunting game that's on Game Pass, and they made a uh, second extinction. Yeah, that's correct. I would not be shocked to hear that they purchased Nordic Film so that they can have a TV film, comic book, and video game coverage. And when you look because at the IP that they acquired from it's Square insane. Enix, it's insane. Yeah, Tomb Raider, um, Legacy of Kane, uh, Thief, Deus Ex. Actually, didn't they say something about? 50 ip or something crazy it's 50 ips that they they got in that acquisition i believe the the ones that they didn't get they didn't get um uh sh uh what is it it's the the Ju game like tell the, the game before tell me why um life is strange life is strange they didn't sell life is strange and they didn't sell just um, cause they didn't sell just cause and they, and they still they own didn't outriders sell... yeah well th yeah they, they that situation's really funky Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually not 100% sure on the ownership of that. They, they stated they own it, but uh, uh, People Can Fly also stated that they own it. So 
Mm. I don't know what's up with the situation with Outriders, but they're still publishing Outriders. Maybe they didn't sell the, the I, publishing. Did they get Sleeping Dogs? I believe so. Yeah. Wow. Um, Can you imagine that Sleeping Dogs sequel? That'd be awesome. I, I just started that the other day. Oh, that's it's fun. I, I I'm a few hours into it. I don't know. I I like it. I like it. Um, it's a nice game. But yeah, no, like Embracer Group is absolutely wild and it's going to be a, a wild trip because they, they they really still don't like they're like the size of like you know like ubisoft and ea when you when you think about them but they're also not i i don't think they're going to make the the like breakaway hits that you know like like your call of duties your battlefields and stuff like that no I think they're just going to swarm you with so much content. Well, it depends where they want to go with this because they have so much content here that I don't want to say it's quantity over quality because there's a lot of quality things here. I mean, they got 4A games, which makes uh, Metro. the Metro games. Yep. Uh, I, again, I could just go through all of this. Uh, they got Deep Silver, which has Dam Buster Studios, Bolero. Yeah, Volition that does Saints Row, Flying Wild Hog, which just released uh, Shad yeah Shadow Warrior three. Again, guys, I could go on and on. They own so much, uh, so many studios. I, it's mind boggling. You'd have to take a look at the list. And again, they've stated that they still want to buy studios. So you know, everyone's like, oh, who, you know, who's Embracer? Who's Embracer? Well, they're the guys who have all the money. Well, besides Microsoft at the moment, that are gobbling up anybody and everybody. I mean, again, it's not just Sony that's getting involved here. I mean, we got other publishers really investing in their back catalog. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if they had their own uh, subscription service at some point, just for all their titles. I mean, they have a plethora of games. I mean, well, not only that, actually a subscription service. I mean, you were talking about, like, Again, Dark Horse Comics as well, um, Crusader. Yeah, because you can do the Dark Horse all because they have a digital service, don't they? Like Dark Horse does. I believe for so. Comics. Yeah. Yeah, because you could have that coupled in, and then you could have like if you did stuff with Nordic Film, and they got Nordic Film, like I'm saying, that would be a great option for them to look into, right? Like, it, 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 it Embracer Group is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, this generation. My takeaway from this is. Don't be sad when a studio gets bought by someone that you don't know. The, the industry is in the biggest form of change that we've seen since Sega got out of the uh, console business. Right? We're, we're mm -hmm. at that kind of upheaval in the industry. The old dog, the old guard is being split up and absorbed into itself, and the new guard is coming in. Because we also have Focus Home on, on the field now, the people that make Plague Tale. They're, mm -hmm. they're getting bit pretty big, too. They're buying up studios. CD Projekt Red is buying up studios and is trying to become its own publishing group. That's um, right. So in five years, the, the, big the big publishers that we think of are going to be completely different this time. Like, we're, we're just seeing a complete transformation of the industry. And we're seeing tons of new studios form, too. It's not like we're just getting compaction or... Um, like uh, companies being bought up and sold we, we've seen i think in the last like three years we've seen like 25 new AAA studios founded independent mm -hmm. and 
it, it's it's going to be great. I, I'm excited. Yeah, there's a heck of a lot going on. I've been saying that for the past couple of years now that, again, the industry is ever-changing at the moment, and we're going to see consolidation in some ways with all these big publishers gobbling up large studios, small studios. Again, it's going to be about who has the uh, the biggest library soon. Uh, Eric Pal, I mean, what, what do you think about all this? Like, uh, again, Crystal Dynamics, uh, Idis, uh, Montreal, and so on. Square Enix Montreal I mean you know these are some pretty significant studios that just got uh, gobbled up by Embracer do you think that Microsoft would have been interested in this or like were they just held up by the whole Activision Blizzard situation at the moment yeah I mean I think they or at least most of us thought they would be um because most of us thought we were like oh um uh (laughs) trying to space out on it um now i'm losing the name the studio hoping for perfect dark crystal dynamics yeah we thought maybe that would be like a tryout period um with like oh okay probably if that works out they'll probably just you know hey you guys don't seem to really like them or well that was the consensus right that was a general consensus that oh you know it was gonna be a tryout period and xbox obviously xbox likes crystal dynamics and well the tomb raider ip in general so i thought they would have gone after it personally in a heartbeat but something must have slowed them down yeah like they could totally still like poach the talent while they're like they're like hey <laughs> to come over if if that's whatever they want to try to do with the uh the initiative if they're supposed to be big or if at some point or if they want to build it up but um i mean it's good for those devs too because it just seems like square didn't really know what it wanted from the their western division um and they would kept putting them on licensed projects um which might not versus like them doing their own thing. So I think it's probably good for those devs because then now they get to, hey, if you want to go back to some of those IP, you can. If you want to make something new, you know, we're funding it. So, mm-hmm. Well, it is an interesting situation because for a, for a while there were rumblings out of Square Enix. There's even been interviews with uh, like, uh, former key personnel at the studios like Crystal Dynamics, Eidos, and so on, that, again, Square Enix just didn't have a good feel for its Western studios. They would they would purchase these studios, but they didn't really know what to do with them. The interactions with them weren't great, per se. Um, there's, there are some really interesting videos on this, Doug, to be honest. But a lot of people were wondering, you know, did Square Enix really care about having them? And there was always questions, were they going to sell them off? And so on. It just, it, it's just interesting to see this all unfold. Not just one of the studios, two of the studios, but all of them just get snatched up plus those IP. It just kind of makes you wonder, again, where... I mean, obviously, Square Enix is going in a different uh, direction now. I mean, I know that they said they wanted to focus on... Uh, like some upcom- upcoming tech, like, again, some blockchain technology and so on, and they want to explore some other avenues. And it also seems like they want to explore 
or not explore, but they wanted to double down on their Japanese studios as well, and also like Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, and so on. It's just interesting, the timing of all this, because it's funny that somebody brought up Sony, too, because, guys, there was reports that, again, Sony was, uh, there was big rumors going about that Sony was going to buy somebody big, and everyone's like, well, who could it be? Who could it be? And according to a couple of uh, sources, it was supposed it's supposed to be Square Enix. But again, with them, uh, the FTC kind of being interested in their purchase of Bungie, I mean, that could slow them down too. I mean, this whole thing is just very, very interesting. Like Centurion, like I, I got to admit, I'm kind of interested to see how this goes. Do you, again, do you think that this really like? because of the Sony situation that this just slows down a potential buy from Sony for Square Enix. See, that's what a uh, crusader and I were kind of like in there in the beginning there hinting at mm-hmm. is I really don't know, man, because Holy cow, that Square Enix represents uh, a little bit of the past of how PlayStation got to be where they're at. I mean, the games that Square Enix has given PlayStation exclusivity to Square Enix has supported PlayStation and has been there for them in the past in in very big ways, but Bungie represents the future of what PlayStation aims to achieve with games as a service and creating a service-based subscription service that you guys want to keep tuning back into, Um, and games as a service probably plays a fundamental role of that, and it's just very interesting on which side is Sony going to pick or do they have all their ducks in a row where they could potentially, you know, not bat an eye at, you know, the FTC wanting to talk to them about Bungie and also picking up another company. But like Crusader said, it technically they just did sell off their Western side of their company. So now they're more of a foreign entity. Does the FTC have any room there? Probably not. And also, like it's not that they don't have none they still operate in the united states like they still sell things mm-hmm. but that that it's it's not nothing but it's not it's not the same as if they were well uh, and that, that's where also i don't want to be cause you know calling out smoke where there is no fire kind of thing it was guaranteed the ftc was going to review the activision purchase with microsoft and it was probably more than likely a guarantee that my that they were going to check out the Bungie and Sony thing. We were just blinded by the Activision thing, but we're still talking about billions of dollars. And the FTC is taking a big interest in digital companies right now, making purchases like this. So I think no matter what, Sony knew that they were going to probably get looked at by the FTC. So they could potentially have their ducks in a row. Jim Ryan, I'm going to tell you right now, he does not know how to speak to the gamer. He is probably not a gamer, but he is a damn good businessman, and he probably knows what he's doing right now. He And he probably is helping uh, figure out a good strategy on how you could potentially navigate the waters of the FTC with Bungie and also still pick up um, Square Enix's Eastern Division. Yeah, and we had rumors of the. Does anyone remember last year where there was a Bloomberg report that said that um, Square Enix was looking to either sell itself or parts of its divisions? Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. some uh, rumblings about that. Yeah, I, I still think that that 
report was true. Square Enix came out and said, no, we're not, but they have to legally. Um, I, I, I still think that they, they've been looking into this, at least internally, for a while. Um, that Facts are facts. Square Enix has not been doing very well financially. It was a little um, mind-blown that they did piecemeal the company. I will yeah. say that I was a little shocked when I found out. I was like, whoa, they sold the Western Division as a whole? So the Eastern Division, I was like, okay, I didn't see that coming. Well, again, well, it does know, look a little obvious now. You know, again, uh, the rumblings were there. Yeah, the Western Division is not nearly as financially stable as the Eastern Division is. That's a fact. I mean, they've released very detailed um, financial documents for specifically uh, – um, whatchamacallit, uh, the, uh, Crystal Dynamics and Eidos. Mm -hmm. And I think Eidos was only, was only operating at like a 0.36%, um, uh, like profit. And Crystal was like 3% when a AAA studio is expected to be around 15%. Um, who did Babylon's Fall? That was Platinum. Platinum. Game. Yeah. Are, are they considered part of the? They can't be considered. They part are of the independent. That's correct. Okay. They are being published by. Because I I read a horrible article today. I guess apparently <laughs> they, had, that, they were down they're, to zero. They, they're, they're sharpening the nails for that coffin, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 were at zero concurrent users on Steam. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I, we've talked about platinum games. How they're very hit and miss in a lot of ways and again you can fault them for a lot of things and you know again i i would like to see a, a certain game get revived by them and i am interested by all the talk but again square enix is the one that like rubber stamps everything in the end and uh it's just it's not looking too good for that game <laughs> a game never should have become a service game it looked good when it was not yeah, well, again, even when I look at the details in it right now, it's just like everything just looks kind of off. I mean, the art style's interesting. I do kind of like it. It's kind of like cartoony, like Art Nouveau in a lot of ways. It, it's interesting, but it just it also seems just kind of off, too, in some of the details. And I, I don't know. I just I don't know how that game just got off of, uh, like, just got released. Oh, it just seems a surface wrong. surface game with no identity. It has literally zero identity to it, you know? Like, Destiny has a massive identity to it. Warzone, Fortnite, Apex Legends, e Halo Infinite even has a great identity to it, you know? Like, very different from everything else. And you just see Babylon's Fall, and you're like, I guess it's different, but how, like, why do I want to play this, you know? Like, it looks so generic. Mm-hmm. You see, Outriders, for example, I actually really enjoyed. I, it wasn't perfect by any means, and I know people had issues, but I actually thought that the gameplay loop was a lot of fun. You get the expansion? Uh, I haven't thought about it, to be honest. I still need to play Outriders, but I'll probably pick up the expansion after I play the original game, but I'll probably pick it up on sale. Outriders, at least the concept for me was enough to hook me. It just really sucks that game turned out the way it did. I mean, I bought it. Even knowing it was coming to Game Pass, I still bought it. And yeah, it sucks that it turned out the way it did. 
I, I bought it on sale a couple months ago. Um, I, I played it at launch, liked it at launch. Was frustrated with the bugs, but liked it liked it a lot. Story was all over the place, and I mm -hmm. loved that. Yeah. Steve, my, my shortcoming with games like that is I have an amazing group of friends that I play with on the regular, and we can make the most trashiest game yeah. absolute fun, and that's where it can become sometimes deceiving. <laughs> yep. All right, all right. Maybe we should all play it sometime. Just uh, give it a go. That'd be cool. Character, be down. Oh yeah, I'm down. All right, all right. Maybe again, maybe sometime this week. Uh, so Centurion, I gotta hit you up for two games. Two games now. All right. Yeah, man. I'll have to pack some Red Bull. <laughs> well, it does give you wings, right? But uh, again, this situation with Square. I'll be curious to see in the coming months if uh, Sony does get a hold of them at some point or again or if government authorities kind of step in before that but I don't know I just I think the writing's on the wall with that I am curious again that you know there everybody all the signs did seem to point to Crystal Dynamics kind of uh, possibly going over to Xbox Game Studios at some point. There did seem to be a lot of interest there. And I know that Xbox does genuinely like the Tomb Raider IP. I mean, they've previously gotten DLC, uh, like exclusive DLC for the Tomb Raider reboot. And then even the, uh, was it the Rise of the Tomb Raider? They had a year exclusivity on that that a lot of people didn't like, I remember. <laughs> Um, but they've always had an affinity for, uh, Laura Croft and Tomb Raider. I'm just kind of surprised that they didn't pursue that, especially guys. The, probably the biggest surprise here that I just, I'm surprised that it went for so cheap, $300 million for all those IP in the studios. Like, I think a lot of that has to do with the, um, the, the economics, like, like mm -hmm. those studios are barely break even. Um, right. That that hits a lot, um, because it's gonna be, and they don't have games. That, neither of them have games that are releasing soon. Guardians just released, and um, Marvel's Avengers also just recently released. So like, they're not going to be profitable for a long time. And everybody keeps trying to throw Tomb Raider's name in the ring, and it's just like, dude, Tomb Raider. The remakes were awesome. The relaunch of the entire series groundbreaking. But let's be let's be absolutely honest. They have not. Tomb Raider has not delivered a nuke to the ecosystem in a very long time to to basically I feel like I know kind of make it as where it's now a tentpole franchise it's regretfully not been used in in a heavy manner to where I don't even know where Tomb Raider really falls on the totem pole of quality anymore mm -hmm. well again I'll be I'd be curious to see where they would take it now that they have the financial backing behind them plus as i believe it was crusader that stated earlier they seem to be embracer group seems to be very hands-off with its studios and lets them form uh, continue with their identity just again they give them money i'd be curious to see again how they pursue uh, tomb raider and grow it from where it is now now that they don't have again a, a publisher that doesn't necessarily care so much so we'll see how that goes in the, in the long run. Um, and I'll be curious to see, again, if they form their own kind of publishing division underneath uh, Embracer Group or if they're just, again, they just remain like all separate entities. Uh, we'll have to wait and see about that and all the details. But I know a lot of people have been 
really chomping at the bits for a new Legacy of Kane game, like you were saying, Centurion, and, well, a slew of others, Deus Ex, and yes. so on. Yeah. Actually, for me, Legacy of Kane was good. But for me, what really struck a chord was Soul Reaver. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. games okay. were absolute yeah. fun. Mm -hmm. Well, again, time will tell. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, some of those reports that were coming out that were detailed from Embracer, we might not have to wait too long for some of that to happen from the looks of things. But uh, again, time will tell on that. Uh, all right. Uh, you know what, guys? We will move on to the final topic tonight. And a few days ago, indie studio The Game Bakers announced a new DLC for its game, uh, Fury, which has been out for, I think, six years, something like that. I know the title. I haven't played it, but I know a lot of people that like it. It's a pretty cool, colorful indie game. Well, anyways, the DLC is set to come out for every platform but Xbox. And the reason being... Well, the studio said that the game just didn't capture attention on Xbox and that they couldn't find the time and budget for the DLC port. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know about that. It doesn't sound right. Uh, Eric Shockley, pal, like, what do you think of this announcement and commentary from the developer? Because, I mean, this has, I have seen disappointment from Xbox Fury owners on this like what what are your thoughts on this you know is because when you see these kind of statements that you know it's coming to ev every other platform but this one it just it just doesn't seem like they're putting a lot of effort here yeah it's it's definitely unfortunate um especially like they just put their game on game pass their haven their most recent game um and got a bag you know from microsoft so it seems weird to like Hey, we just released our game on your service, and now we're just gonna like shun you guys from free DLC. Like, how much are you really breaking the? I get if it was like a Switch port because you probably actually have to really put a lot more work into porting. But we know these consoles are so close to like basically almost off the shelf PCs at this point, and it's not like it's like a crazy intensive. I mean, I've never played it, but I'm from it being any game. I don't think there's like so much into it that you can't like port it um and and it and you already have the game on the system it's more just the dlc for the game that you already built <laughs> mm -hmm. um so that seems weird but yeah i wonder why it didn't maybe capture near the audience um let's see because it launched on playstation and pc in the dead of summer but there is nothing to play in 2016 and then on Xbox, they decided they were going to release it, I don't know, the first week of December up against, you know, even Titanfall didn't make it that year. So, mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, with Battlefield 1 dropping that year, a new Call of Duty and Titanfall, and you had Watch Dogs 2 and all a bunch of other things. Yeah, not many, especially for a new developer. It'd be one thing if, like, another great indie that came out that year inside while people know of the people making inside it's been at e3 prior e3 shown off but also because they were established indie dev with a successful game with limbo i've never even heard of this game up until this week <laughs> so because and that's the other thing a lot of xbox people wouldn't 
probably have been paying attention to any buzz it would have gotten from um, like PC and PlayStation users because inside just dropped uh, on as a timed exclusive on the Xbox platform the week before. So people were all about playing that. Um, And that's the other odd part is they're like, yeah, I didn't garner like that big of a fan base. I'm like, you literally gave it to every PS1 or uh, not PS1, but PSN user. It was a day one uh, drop in into PSN. So you literally, so all these people that are like, oh man, see Xbox people didn't buy, don't buy the games. I'm like, how many of you actually bought that game and don't just have it as a free game in your library <laughs> like oh, did it actually drop as a free yes uh, really okay day one yeah on it was like PS- like similar to yep. situation didn't do that for xbox mind you in a very crowded busy holiday season and people were like well you had six years to buy it i'm like that's not how that works once it comes off the new releases and you go past the store People aren't looking for that game. They're not. They're not spending that their money on that game during that that part of the holiday season with all those different AAA games dropping. And then months later, well, the game didn't sell that well, so it's not going to be in the bestseller section or the new release section. Is going to be buried. <laughs> so you're not going to find it a year later, two years later. That's not going to matter. You're not going to see it I, again. Like I just heard of it <laughs> from this past week. Because I didn't play, and I was well. I blame Destiny because that I blame Destiny on not playing a lot of games this past generation. <laughs> but oh like boy, do I feel me. that it's I missed the whole Halo Five multiplayer. All my friends jumped off of Destiny. I stayed on like I got to do hard mode taking King, and they jumped off. And then by the time I switched over, they were done with Halo Five multiplayer. I'm like, well, I guess I whole missed that whole. Um, but yeah, I think this, and, and that's, I saw some people said, well, this is just kind of, kind of sour the well in a sense, because you're, you know, kind of pissing off people like you're, you're getting money. So I don't understand. They're not, I don't think they're struggling. Like they're, they're doing well enough that they, you know, made enough that they're going to go back to a six-year-old game and release free DLC. So I don't know. Why don't they just like. I don't know, charge five bucks for it? Because it's supposed to be free, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like, if you could you could have bought... I, I think that's a smarter play. Like, hey, $5 DLC, cool. You would have made enough money, you know, to fund the port or fund the DLC port for Xbox versus, like, shunning them, making it a whole big bad PR stink where people will get pissed off and be like, cool, not going to play that you know, game that, or they don't even download your game in Game Pass. Um, and then don't even, like, oh, I'm going to make sure I don't play your game, period. <laughs> like, people get pissed off about that. But, I mean, I hope, luckily they're on all those other platforms, so they should be fine. But I, that's just, I think that's just a bad decision. But, you know, I, I'm sure it's hard running a studio or indie studio. <laughs> but I'm like, that's... That's some bad PR right there. <laughs> yeah, well, again, I don't, I don't pretend to be a developer or know the things that go on in a studio. Um, obviously, again, there are things that we are not aware of as just general consumers, right? Uh, what happens in the studio and so on. 
but it, it does, they, I think it's the way they worded it though. It's like they yeah. like at this they could have just said at this time right now we don't have you know the funds to hit every platform and right now those are the you know the we had to make you know people understand like okay cool it's not 100 percent. we maybe we'll get it in the future maybe if they do but they were kind of like blaming like well since you guys didn't really you know pick up on it we're not gonna it sounded like you're not even it kind of made it sound like you're not gonna even put any of your future games over there so mm-hmm. like cool we didn't get support from you guys here cool well we might not support you but period coming or you know games coming to the xbox platform who knows <laughs> mm-hmm. well again it just i could understand if it was on limited platforms like okay it's only on playstation 4 and xbox one but it's on if i if i'm to recall uh, recall it's on playstation 4 playstation 5 xbox as Nintendo Switch and, Switch and PC, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and Switch was a great example because when it dropped in early 2018, there wasn't shit to play. Like there was all the they don't get third party games, so it's like that's why indies do well because people are just waiting for the first party uh, Nintendo games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what else are they going to play? I downloaded like old Neo Geo games in between that time because I was waiting on whatever the next Nintendo exclusive be because would be because they didn't get anything else on that platform. They're getting a lot more now, but like it was bare bones at that point, early 2018. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, yeah, they do have a, a couple of games I'm curious about, but you're right. It's uh, been dreadful waiting <laughs> some time for some stuff. Uh, I'm looking at you, uh, Metroid Prime Trilogy. But um, Centurion, I'm curious about what your thoughts on this are because, again, you know, it's easy to come down hard on some studios if, you know, we don't like what they're necessarily stating. But, like, what, what's your take on all this? Like, uh, do you think they're, they're doing something wrong here? Or, you know, is it just really a case of they just don't have, like, the resources or time to, to put in any effort into an Xbox port of this DLC? Well, I loved hearing Shockley's passion. I mean, he made a lot of good uh, points. I have to agree with him in a lot of ways. I mean, it's very interesting uh, that they're able to do all this on other platforms, uh, but for some reason, Xbox, they could not. Um, You know, I could sit here and try to pretty much make the same points that Shockley did, but I don't want to, I guess, regurgitate the conversation. for me though let's i want to point out one thing that does have been circling around in the back of my head is this game is one not been on my radar did not know what this game was until it came up you you know read the news articles you guys were talking about it and the one thing that in like my mind is is this something that the developer wanted to do because no there's like no better news like bad news i mean everybody i mean look at how drama and bad news can completely uh you know spin someone's content creation direction in uh youtube and other channels um by just having a little bit of drama um this is interesting that the developer has created this situation maybe they truly do not have the money maybe they feel that the xbox ecosystem is not worth their time or maybe this is just something that they have 
decided to try to weigh as a calculated way of basically creating hype for a game that is years old, released a long time ago on other platforms. And maybe this is just a great marketing stunt. Oh, yeah, and that's a possibility, too. And again, I'm not trying to necessarily knock the developer by any means. I mean, if that's the case that they just don't have the resources or the time for it, I do get it to a certain point. It just, you know, again, at the same time, it's like you were literally doing it for every other platform. But Xbox just eh, just doesn't look too great, in my opinion, from that angle. Um, how about you, Crusader? What, what are your what's your take on this? I mean... You know, Shocks had, had some interesting points. Uh, Centurion there uh, had uh, some nice additions there. What's your take? So, I had never heard of this game. And I still don't know what the game is. What is the game? Can someone describe it to me? Like, it's an indie game. What, what are you doing? It? Is it like a shooter? Is it a platformer? Is it a side-scroller? I feel like the whole room just looked at Shock. I have no I, idea. I'm in the same boat as you. I just heard of it until okay. this, I didn't even know um, who the game bakers were either. So I didn't. I. But maybe this is publicity. I don't, I don't really care. Uh, if I'm going to be strictly honest. Um, when you look at how well the ID at Xbox program is doing and how well indies do on Game Pass and how well indies have just been doing on Xbox in general, because, I mean, there was that whole thing last year about, uh, do you guys remember when the indie developers got really mad because, like, there was a bunch of things on PlayStation that they were really upset about? It was a whole big oh, kerfuffle. Like how there's not Twitter. an easy way to, like, find their game or they... Oh, yeah, they, they can't, like, they can't pay to... sale when they yeah. want, stuff like that. Like, I... I don't really care. It's it's a game that released before the era of Game Pass. It's a game that released before Microsoft's marketing got gigantic and enormous. You know, Microsoft's like marketing has gone up like three thousand fold for like every game under the sun. It's since like twenty eighteen. You know, there there I I there's an Xbox Wire for basically every game that's releasing on the platform. You know what I mean? Like, um and it felt this feels like a game that was a victim of the time on Xbox when it released, the victim of how it released on other platforms first. Uh, it released before the era of Game Pass. It released, you know, I, I, I feel like this is, you know, I don't have their analytics. I can't tell you how well the game did on Xbox versus the other platforms. Maybe it did do really significantly better on other platforms. I mean, it wouldn't shock me. The Xbox One at that time definitely had like half the install base of yeah. the other yeah. platforms like you know uh, when i hear that some developers are skipping the platform it doesn't well it hurts me you know because I, I want xbox to be doing as good as possible it doesn't shock me and i think i said something along on online along the lines of uh, we're gonna see some uh, a few more small developers leave before we hear about more of them coming and it's just xbox got to build its uh consumer base up and, and that's all it is you know over the course of this generation they're gonna build their consumer base up to beyond what definitely beyond what the xbox one was how they already did it in japan the xbox the, the xbox series x has already outsold the xbox one's lifetime sales over there you know um I, I, it, it it all comes down to numbers like you know the it's going to come down to 
how many consoles, how big of a platform they they can get it to be. And uh, you know, I, I think we'll hear another a couple more of these one-off stories, and then we're gonna hear about how well uh, some of the indies are doing. Like uh, there was that whole conversation about Trek. Uh, what I I can't think of the name. It's I'm exhausted tonight. Trek. Trek with no Naomi. Yeah, to Naomi. Yeah, something like that. Um. There was the whole kerfuffle over like Yoni, like go buy it, right. and it was just like, okay, it's on Game Pass. I'm gonna play it there. And the one developer came out and said that you know they get paid so handsomely that like it's a massive profit for an indie to be on Game Pass. Like, you know, we're 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 gonna see more and more of those stories over time, and less and less of these stories. This this doesn't concern me. Um, I, I think that if anything, they're gonna do better on the Xbox platform now than they were because. People are hearing about the game now. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I, I don't think that uh, th- this is anything to be concerned about at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was such a blown out of proportion fanboy war argument that it it shouldn't have even been a real headline. Mm-hmm. Like. Small indie dev can't afford to put game put thing on platform. Easy, not a new headline. Happened before to every system, you know, and yeah. it's gonna happen in the future to every system. Um, People it, shouldn't be that upset anyway, yeah. because like they didn't say they're not bringing. They've already brought Haven. They didn't say like, hey, yeah. we're you're, it's not a viable platform anymore. We, you know, for now, we're not bringing our next game or whatever to the platform. So this is a six-year-old game yeah. <laughs> that there's adding free DLC it, to. So. It's such a weird story. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, Agreed. I just, I, I mean, I'll admit, I just don't want it to become like something that's, you know, going to pop up more and more as time goes on. But I, I agree with you, Crusader, that, I mean, it is... Like it is being used in like console war stuff, and I, I and I don't like that one bit, right? Especially when we we are seeing Xbox do extremely well going into this generation. Yeah, it's so well, frustrating. Game Pass, I'm like, Game Pass didn't exist. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was a take. I'm not gonna name the the person who said it. He's a good per. He's a good writer. I like the content he puts out on the site he writes oh. for. Imran Khan. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't gonna. I, I do like his stuff. Maybe, maybe um, they did garner a base and did have a decent amount of sales. But maybe were they? We know all the gamers at that at that moment were over their PlayStation. Just in 2016, Xbox was a bad spot, different spot. Yeah. Six years later, but maybe if they didn't put it in PS Plus day one, maybe they would have gotten more sales. I don't know. You know the whole Game Pass effect. It's just yeah. no that. <laughs> That 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 argument the game pass that also made me frustrated. Yeah. Um. And I love the whole Outriders thing with Game Pass too. It's like, yeah, I mean, you guys saw uh, my saw my post. Who was going to play Outriders before it got announced? I only I heard people talking, um, like in the whole gaming <laughs> Twitter arena. Uh, people were talking about, oh yeah, did you play the demo? Yeah, it's just kind of like this, you know, whatever. Gears kind of like game. People are like, yeah, it's okay, whatever. I didn't hear any people at all. I know Centurion bought it, but like a lot of people were like, just I like, was too, but I like looter games, so like it, it's where I'm but, gonna go. But, it, but at that moment, before they announced that, 
you didn't hear that much, but once it got announced, everybody's like, oh, well, Outriders going there today. Well, maybe I'll check it out. And it got a ton of publicity, which also helps them sell on PC, PS5. Like, you're getting so many people. Every thread was all about it because you had so many people just playing it day one through one, you know, you know, through Xbox, that all that timeline, everybody's checking it out. But that's not why they, you know, they're struggling. They struggled because they didn't follow up on... Hey, we might need more servers if we're going to drop this AAA loot shooter in Game Pass Day One. Oh, we don't have enough servers. Everything's crashing. People and uh, Lord Cognito <laughs> um, lost all of his loot. He was, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, and he has good plat- big, you know, big enough platforms that people, I'm sure, were probably reaching out to him. Be like, and he, he never even got his loot bag. I don't think. I don't think he ever went back to the game. But you had all of that mishap, and that's why I had no. And plus, he had the that one class that was like way overpowered. And the class I picked that was a lot of fun to play was like doing nothing in damage. I'm like, yeah, this isn't worth my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you're really making me uh, want to play Outriders again. Damn, it's 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 fun, but mm-hmm. I was just like, man, this is like the division all over again. If you're not the technician class, there's like you just make. They didn't think that they they just needed to calibrate that a little bit better and balance the classes a little because I was like, oh, that seems like the most boring, but I, I should have known from my division days like, oh, that's gonna be like the most overpowered class. From from what I understand, they've actually fixed a lot of that now. Oh, okay. So, uh, they they nerfed everything to the ground and then buffed everything back up. Was how that game went. Took like three yeah. months. Yeah. Yeah, definitely need to get back to that game. But uh, what class were you? I I forget the specific name. It was like if I said the green one, would you know what I'm talking about? Like the toxic kind of one. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I was like the what was it like the 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 I don't know the one the like if you would say like uh, the thing or the you know Hulk smash. It was a lot of fun. It was it it was a lot of fun. Like I love that part because you were just like supposed to be this tank, and then later did you know later you you know you find out in the higher tiers, you guys not really a tank. You should have picked the uh, that overpowered class. Yeah, the trickster I think is what I was like. What? Yeah, trickster. I picked the one where you just go in there and just you have uh, like rock armor and then yeah, that one was a ton of just fun to play in like those earlier tiers of the game. I had a blast. Then when I got into those higher tiers, it was like. Yeah, I don't have a squad, and this isn't as fun. Right Here now. we go. I was the uh, Technomancer. So it's like long-range supporting gadgets. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. I, I, I was just, like, screwing around. I'm like, ah, I'll try something different for a change. And, man, oh, man, I was just, <laughs> I don't know. I was just having loads of fun. They had some cool ideas. Like, you'd have that, like, my character would have that all that rock armor. I love the, like, I could stop bullets like I was Neo. And then after you start collecting them, and then you throw all those bullets back at them, and takes out like half the people. <laughs> I was like, "This shit is sick." And then those later tiers happen. I was like, "Yeah, I'm doing no damage, but sweet <laughs> plus connection issues." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna just stop." <laughs> right. I mean, the plot was kind of well. I wouldn't say all over the place, but it, it you know it was kind of I don't know. It was just it was kind of weird in some spots, but. It, 
it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad by any means. It's just uh, I, I went over to other games and then uh, I just kind of forgot about it, to be honest. That's why when you were asking about the uh, if I was going to grab the expansion uh, Crusader, I was like, I, I had not thought about it. Not thought about it. I haven't even beat it. I think I'm like, I, I don't want to say <laughs> Is it free? Even... Oh, yeah. Is it free, right? <laughs> I think it's 30 bucks. I mean, we all play it for free, I guess. But yeah, um, actually, regretfully, Outriders World Slayer is twenty percent off, and it's forty-eight bucks with that twenty percent off for pre-order. Yeah, it's only got an entire game. I think, but I think that's the World Slayer, and it comes with the game. Oh, okay. Oh, that, so I they're selling it as a new edition, like. Okay. Yeah, so the actual World Slayer upgrade is thirty five ninety nine with Game Pass. Normally okay. $39.99. Oh. Is Outrider still in Game Pass? Yeah. Yeah, it's still in Game okay. Pass. I don't think it's going to leave. <laughs> Not a, yeah, that's a smart move to just keep it in just to make sure they have a steady player base from that get, expansion. Get to buy the expansion. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I got to get back into mm-hmm. that. Dang. But, uh, okay, guys, I think uh, we've covered all that we really needed to for tonight. And, man, we covered quite a bit. So we'll start to sunset the show now. Awesome show as we touched on a bunch of stuff ranging from, well, xCloud and, uh, again, like just Xbox Live issues, Embracer Group making a big splash purchase, and, well, a lot more, obviously. Naturally, it was fantastic having all of you here tuning in to watch and listen to the show. If you enjoyed the chat tonight, then consider subbing to the channel, dropping a like, and sharing this out across Twitter and other social media outlets. Again, happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful moms out there. Hope you had a great day. You all rock. Now let's get over to the show outros, starting off with... Eric Shockley, buddy, I thought you had some really awesome input tonight. Uh, loved your stuff. Where can everybody follow you? Yeah, good show tonight. Uh, as always, you can find me at Shockley on Twitter. Easy. Um, but yeah, good show tonight. And thanks for coming on. Totally. Moving on down the list here, Crusader, buddy. Again, you had some really well thought out points. Uh, definitely some were very impassionate at the beginning. <laughs> I definitely appreciate that as well as uh, other people in the chat. Uh, where can everybody follow you? Uh, people can follow me at Crusader3456 on Twitter and on Reddit. It's also my gamer tag if you want to add me and message me on Xbox or PlayStation. Um yeah, great show tonight. I had a I had a blast. I was excited for the Embracer Group talk. Embracer Group is uh like the wild wild west for me. So yeah, they're they're certainly an interesting player in the gaming sphere nowadays. Uh, like Microsoft, I'm just wondering who they're gonna acquire next. It's crazy because we know that they're gonna acquire more. It's just a matter of when and who. So interesting times ahead. Uh, let's see, moving on down here, Centurion Pal, hey, great stuff tonight, uh, my man 50 Cent, of course, where can everybody follow you? Well, gentlemen, it was an awesome show tonight, great conversation, had a lot of fun, for those interested, please follow me at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and of course, Twitter, 
You can also find me right here every Sunday night, right here on the TXR podcast with these amazing gentlemen. And you can now find me over on Gaming Beyond the Box with Wilmy Hood, Bomber, and the other amazing individuals that make up that amazing cast over there on his channel. I've actually, they have welcomed me over there. It takes place every Wednesday at 8 Eastern. Forgive me, I'm still trying to memorize the time. But yeah, it takes place every Wednesday night, 8 Eastern. And I mean, the first show is an absolute blast. And man, I'm looking forward to this for the long run. They welcomed you? Oh, man, I'm going to have to give Wilmy a talking to. I mean, I thought we had that covered, that he was going to give you a hard time and whatnot. I mean, uh, wait, I'm saying that out loud. Oops, forget what I said. <laughs> I'm just kidding, pal. No, no, no. Great crew there. I mean, I, I spoke about before on the last show. Wonderful, wonderful uh, cast there over at Gaming Beyond the Box. Wilmy, HR Bomber, Lady, uh, Le Leonidas. I have nothing but good things to say about all of them. Awesome crew and... Uh, you know, I call them friends. I call them friends because they're really cool people. But uh, no wonder you're having such a, a fun time there. Definitely a, an interesting assembly, to say the least. But, uh, yeah, guys, to round out uh, tonight's show, this uh, fine group of people, you can find my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. As well, you can follow me on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Fun chat tonight, as always. And I'm already looking forward to uh, the next one, guys. So, uh who knows what uh, we'll wake up to tomorrow. Always something. Who knows who will get acquired or what news will break tomorrow or the next day and so on. But uh, we cannot wait to chat with you next time. Later, guys.